0: The devil made me do it. Or better yet, have you ever said, Honey, the devil made me do it. Well, let me assure you that the devil wants you to do it, but we don't have to do it. Amen? As we begin to wind down uh, our First Things First series, we're going to look at chapter 3 of Genesis. Genesis. And in these pages, we will see the impact that the adversary had on Adam and Eve. And how that impacted all of humanity from that day on. I titled this message, Know Your Enemy and Know His Tactics. And what I see in scripture, what I see in the Bible is that the devil is a part of the narrative from Genesis chapter 3 all the way to Revelation to the end of the book. And so you find out that the devil is in in these pages, in life in general, to usurp, to destroy all the good things that God has done. And while I believe that God does not want us to focus and make the devil our focal point... He doesn't want us to to everything about life to be all oh, the devil it's the devil it's the devil it's the devil a lot of times it's us Amen He doesn't want for us to make him the focal point but he does want us to be aware of him And you have to know who he is you have to know what tactics he has in your life. I spoke to someone first service, but just, just before the service started, they said, pastor, I have a lot of pressure on me. It's like, it's like there's something happening. And so we prayed and this person never comes and says things like that, like that. So I prayed with, with the individual and, and I said, you know what, that's not from God. Another person came up to me first service before we started. And they said, you know what, I've been having a really, really tough week. The devil has been working diligently in my life the reality is beloved that all of us all of us have an enemy and that enemy wants to destroy your life that enemy wants to he wants to take you away from the purposes of god so we're going to look at 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 this in in the word Uh, it's interesting to me that the original word for for devil is diabolos in the greek that's where we get the word diablo from in spanish and that word literally means to throw across, or to strike through. Throw slanders across. He's always throwing accusations at God's people. Strike through means he wants to penetrate your life and he wants to separate you. He wants to separate you from God, first of all, but he wants to separate you from God's people and people who love you. So any of us, Have a fight on our way to work, I mean way to church this morning with your spouse, you don't have to raise your hand. But you probably didn't want to fight with your spouse, but the devil wants to penetrate and separate us, amen? And if you're if you're living a life where you're always in dispute and you're always there's always things going on, it's because the enemy wants to come in and he wants to destroy your life. In fact, right now, even as I'm speaking, the devil is working in some people's minds to keep you from hearing the message. That's not God. God doesn't want for you not to hear the message. But the enemy, Diabolos, wants to come in and he wants to slander. He wants to penetrate. He wants to separate. And so as we go to chapter 3, verse 1, I I, um, have five words to help us know our enemy and his tactics. But first I want to pray. Father, I thank you, Lord, for uh, you being here with us this morning. And I, I know that this message is very important, as all of the messages that are about you are important, Father. But I just pray that as I speak, Lord, more than any other uh, Sunday, maybe today, you give me just clarity uh, for someone in here that is struggling with the work of the devil. And, and Father, I just pray that, that you'll silence that voice and let your voice be greater let your voice be greater and clearer this morning. And, and so with that, Lord God, may your name be glorified from what happens at the end of this message, that there'll be fruit that will come from that. May we know his tactics, the enemy's tactics, better. May we know who he is better at the end of this message. And we pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. amen. So five words that, uh, that we can see. The first word that I that the Lord gave me, I believe, is crafty. We get that from from the text itself. The devil is crafty. Genesis 3 begins with these words. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? So the devil, let's think about it, so the devil either used a serpent Or he disguised himself as a snake and he spoke to the woman. How do we know that the devil did? Because the snake was a part of God's creation. And when God created the heavens and the earth, remember Genesis 1, Genesis 2, when he finished creating every animal, he said, it is good. When he created human beings, he says, this is very good. So we begin to understand that this snake... Was either used by Satan or Satan disguised himself as a snake. And we find this to be true because if we read Revelation 12, it tells us in verse 9, and the great dragon was thrown down, the serpent of old, who is called the devil, and Satan. He deceives the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. So, the serpent of old is none other than Satan and the devil. Same person, okay? And so, uh, and he's also called the great dragon. And it helps us to understand that the devil will come into our lives in any way and any form that will allow him to penetrate our lives. Let me say that again. The devil will come into our lives in any way that will allow him to penetrate your life. Here in the garden, it was as a serpent. But in your life, it may come through many other situations. It could come through an opposite female. It could come through an opposite male. It could come through uh, uh, someone that, 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 that seems really nice, but they're doing malicious things. And it tells us that we need to have our guard up. The Bible even tells us that Satan will disguise himself as an angel of light. He's not wise. God alone is wise, but he's crafty. And any way that he can manipulate himself to come into our lives, he will do that so that he can penetrate and take us away from the purposes of of God. He's good at what he does. He's been doing it a long time. And the text, it does not tell us how long the period was before the serpent approached Eve. It doesn't tell us how long he was there lurking in the background. But what we know from Scripture is that he roams around seeking whom he can Devour. He will listen to your words. He will listen to your words because he's not omniscient. He can't read your mind. But he will listen to your words to see what you say so that he can come in and penetrate Your life. He will look at your actions and see what you're doing. He doesn't, he can't read your mind. He's not omnipresent, he's always everywhere. He's a created being, but he will lurk around and his demonic entourage will also be doing the same and they're looking to see what you're doing and what you're watching and what you're doing when people are not around and those ways, he will see how he can penetrate your life so he can separate you from God. He's crafty at what he does. He's not going to come in and say, boom. He's going to come in and say, I like you. You're hot. <laughs> and any way that he can come in, and the devil will work because he's crafty. Think about this. With Adam and Eve, there was only one bad choice they could make. One, their lives were perfect. There were no worries. They were secure in who they were. They had open intimacy with God. They had a relationship. They walked with God. They talked with God. They had open intimacy with each other. We talked about that last week. Adam went, whoa, man, woman. It was beautiful. Sexual intimacy in the garden was beautiful because God created it. Sexual intimacy, with, when it's under the umbrella of God, is beautiful. Beautiful. And the devil came in. And he enticed them with the one choice that they were forbidden to do so that he could have them bite the fruit and humanity would be affected forever. Now, here's what I know for sure. Because the devil is not omniscient, he didn't know what was going to happen. But he knew that if he could make them disobey God, it would not be a good thing for them. And that's exactly what the devil will try to do in our life. His words are, these words are so important for us to grab a hold of because these are the same words that you are being challenged with every day. His words were, did God really say did God really say that you can't eat from any of the trees? That's exactly what goes on in our lives when we're being tempted by the craftiness of this entity. Did God really say, did God really say, now it comes to this place, God made us male and female, we're living in a day right now, did God really say that you're a man, maybe you're a man in a woman, in a woman's body? Maybe you're a woman that's trapped in a man's body, All did God really say this? Did God really say that you had to be faithful to your spouse? Wouldn't it be better just to play the field? Look at what the TVs are showing us. Isn't it better? Did God really say? Did God really say that you have to tell the whole truth? Think about it. I, I get that every time I play golf. Did God really say that you have to... Really say what you really hit on this hole. What'd you get, pastor? Five. Really, I thought you you made a six. Oh, yeah, six. Did God really say that we have to be honest in everything? Think about it. If I can lie in the small things, wouldn't it be easier to lie in the big things Did God really say that you have to respect others personal valuables? They aren't going to miss that that you're going to take. Did God really say that you can't just take? You have too much anyways. <laughs> Who's going to notice? What do you got there? Nothing. Just a flat stomach. (laughs) That same craftiness that was in the garden is the same craftiness that you are struggling with today. Did God really say? Let me tell you that the devil's so crafty, he'll come to you as a businessman. Or he'll come to you as a church attender. Or he'll come to you as a secretary at work. Or he'll come to you as a... Any way that he can. And what the devil will do is the second word. He will distort... God's word. The devil is a master of making us change God's word. We will either add to it or we'll take away from it. How do I know that? Because the Bible is very clear. You see, when, when God spoke to Adam, when he created him, he said, Adam, here, here's, here's how it goes. He said, the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. Very clear, very well laid out. So if you parallel this with Eve's interpretation of it when encountered, and she was questioned by the serpent because the the serpent said, did God really say that you must not eat from any tree in the garden? Notice his emphasis on any. She began to look at all the trees. He wanted her to concentrate on the forbidden fruit, and that's exactly what the devil said. Any how many of us have the any's? Did God say that you can't have any other woman? Pastor James, any? Do you? Come on, any? I know that you guys have never, ever been tempted or any ever been shocked. Did, did God say that you don't have to, uh, you have to obey all or any of the speed limit? I went from up here to down here because sometimes you say, well, that's extreme. Ha. We're here, buddy. A lot of people don't admit it until it's too late. Are you with me? A lot of people don't talk about that. Well, yeah, I was tempted. And, and, and what if you told your wife, hey, I was tempted. You know what, babe? But I love you. And I want to bring it to the light. Amen. The now check this out. So what he did is he began to make her question, and then she distorted the word. Look at what she says. Her reply, her reply, the woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden. Now she didn't even mention it's a tree of the knowledge of good and evil. She didn't say, you know what? So right there she began to twist some things, and then she says, and you must not Touch it. God never said that. She began to add to it. Or you will die. Have you ever seen that in Scripture? Raise your hand. Have you ever seen that, that Eve manipulated the word? And can I tell you, when, when the devil begins to work in your life, you will begin to change God's word. God's word never changes. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. But there are people that will begin to add. We have another testament because this isn't good enough. We, ha- we have another testament. No, no, this one is perfect. Or no, no, it, it really doesn't say in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. No, it re- what it really says, in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was a God. No, 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 it doesn't say that. Come on. Are you with me? So the devil will come and have us distort the word and change it because if we distort the word let me tell you something if the crafty entity that he is if we distort the word of god we will distort god's character You turn a personal loving father into a non-personal entity. I've had people that talk to me, and before they, they were walking with God, they, I'm talking walking with God. When you walk with God, you enjoy this relationship. And then the devil comes in, and he'll come any way he can. And the, the people that are called to the greatest things, let me tell you, the devil will hit you the hardest. If the devil's not bothering you right now, you need to be questioning yourself. because the devil hates people that have a pl- that god has a plan for. Adam and Eve, they had there was a plan for them. They were going to populate this earth with nothing but God-loving people. And when the devil came in, he split and then their sons, one of their sons was named Cain, one was Abel. Guess, guess what Cain did to Abel? High five? No, kill five. So he distorts the word. That's exactly what he will do in our life. And it will change his character. And it's happening all around us. The third thing that will happen, not only will he, uh, is he crafty, that's his character but his trait is that he will distort. The, the, the other thing, he will bring doubt. He'll make you doubt God and God's goodness. Anyone here ever doubted? Oh, boy. You're lying and you're frying. Every one of us has times of doubt. Amen? I just talked to someone recently and I I said, well, I'm going to believe for, for God to restore your marriage. Well, how, how, how how can you say that? Because I believe that God can do that. But can I tell you something? For that person that's in writing, living in that, in that uh, circumstance, to him, he's got to place great faith and sometimes we got to come alongside and help him. The story continues with the devil saying, you will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. You see, the adversary's sole purpose is for people to lose their trust in God and for them to believe a lie. You see, he said, You can be like God. We cannot be like God. He is way above us. He tells him, he tells Eve, You won't die. Question God. Don't you see that God is keeping this from you? Can't you see what you can become without God? Anyone ever been faced with that opposition? Can't you see who you can become without God? You don't need God in your life. Whose voice is that? When you hear that voice, you don't need God in your life. You can become that. Whose voice is that? Look at the knowledge you'll have. Everything that comes from the devil's mouth is a lie or a half-truth. Jesus put it like this about Satan. He said he was a murderer from the beginning. You ever thought about killing? You ever thought about killing yourself? Huh? I know no one's going to raise their hands, but I I bet you there's about 30% at least of individuals that you thought, you know what, I can kill someone. Or you know what, I want to kill myself. Who is that coming from? Jesus says right there, he says, he was a murderer from the beginning. Anytime it's about kill. See, Jesus didn't come to kill. Jesus came to give us life. Eternal life, abundant life. So the devil, he'll do the opposite. He doesn't want to bring you life. He wants to kill. not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. So let's just, I'm gonna be kind of um, funny here, but let's talk goth, because I like golf. I love it. <sighs> there is a temptation when you finish a hole for you to have a better score than what you really shot. It just sounds better when someone says, what would you shoot, Pastor? Oh, a par. Par. Everyone that plays golf knows what I'm talking about. Amen? Amen. <laughs> yeah, bro. <laughs> but if we begin to rely on those small things, it'll go into the big things. My wife and I, we try to have a very honest Honest communication, transparency. And if I begin to lie to my wife about the most important things, our relationship will be separated. If she begins to lie to me about small things, it'll grow into bigger things. Who's that coming from? God? Jesus says, I am the way, the truth. And the lie. So, anytime that we lie, I come, I go into the camp with the devil. And when we do, let me tell you something. Let me, beloved, let me tell you something. This is so important for you. Anytime you begin to lie, you will begin to doubt God. Think about everything that Adam and Eve would forfeit. They were going to forfeit their innocence. They were innocent. They were going to forfeit their significance, their acceptance. They were accepted by God. They were accepted by each other. We live in a world now where everyone wants to find acceptance by other people. And what happens is that when they don't find that acceptance, they feel like if they're not good enough, unworthy. And more importantly, they were going to forfeit trust. And God provided every one of these attributes and the devil's plot was for them to be diminished. And every person from that day forward has been born with a tainted sense of innocence, stained, marred, and a need for significance. We need it. And when you try to find its significance in anything else but God, guess what happens? It will never meet the significance that we need. It's only found in God. And we try to work for acceptance and a life, we lead a life full of broken trust. Has anyone broken your trust with you? Man, we have a quiet service. Usually you guys are Just all over it. But I know, yeah. So we we went from he's crafty, that he distorts God's word, and then we found out that that he will uh, make you doubt. And what's the fourth thing? Temptation. He will entice you. He will tempt you. The Bible goes on to say, When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food, food, good for food, in other words, she began to lust over it, right? The flesh, her flesh, it was good for food and it was pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom. She took some of it and ate it and she also gave it to her husband who was with her. I had never seen that that clear. So Adam was right there and this, this snake is talking to them. Adam had named all of the creation and he's talking and he's, and he's making them, he's distorting the word he, and he's, he's uh, making them doubt and then now he tempts them and, e, and Adam's there and Eve is supposed to be Adam's what? Helper. Adam's supposed to lead. He's supposed to lead physically, he's supposed to be leading spiritually, he's supposed to be leading emotionally, trusting in God. And that temptation started going through and he was with her and she said, man, it's going to make me feel so good. I can't wait till I just taste it. It looks so good. Lust of the flesh. Have your, have your flesh ever been lusting? Lust of the eye. Oh, it looks so good. You want to ha- you have your eye lust? Just go to Best Buy. How want that. Amen? And then the third thing, she was going to gain this wisdom, the pride of life. So you want to have more knowledge than, than what you should have. I love the way that Rick Warren put it. He said, temptations are designed by Satan to draw us away from God, while trials are designed by God to draw us closer to him. Jesus taught us to pray. He said, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. In other words, I know that the tempter will tempt, and I know that trials will make my faith stronger, but in this I put my dependency on you, Lord, to lead me out of this temptation. Preparing for this message, beloved, when I talk about Satan, can I, Satan doesn't like for me to talk about your adversary and my adversary. Things came at me. In that time, we we go before God and we understand that there will be temptation that comes. Lord, lead me not into temptation. As I go into this, Lord God, I will put my trust in you. And deliver me from that evil one. You see, Jesus knew that that snake really not a snake. It's Satan using them. That entity was going to be around until Jesus comes back again. And we all need to be aware that we will be tempted. Now, temptation is not a sin. Everyone know that? People say, oh, I had such a bad thought. Well, that's not a sin. That thought, you can say, you know what, that's not me. Get out of here. You're enticed by something. You want to be tempted? Just say you're going to eat right. (laughs) I'm dreaming about red chili burritos right now. (laughs) We're going to make it because it's good for us. I used to look forward to lunch. Now I want to skip lunch. We will all be tempted, and temptation comes from who? Satan. We will all be tempted, and temptation comes from who? You know what? That's about three-quarters of you. I want you all to say, we will all be tempted, and temptation comes from? Satan. Very good. The fifth thing, the fifth word is Shame. The, the story continues. After they ate the fruit, then the eyes of both of them were open and they realized that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. The result of their disobedient and the result of them giving in to the tempter and his temptation was shame. Because before this, if we compare it to, to uh, chapter 2, the very end of the chapter, God created Adam, he, cre- he brought Eve from Adam, and then the Bible says right there, then a the man is should, should leave his father and mother, and she- he should cleave to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh, and they were naked and had no shame. You see, when we are under God's umbrella, when we're under God's leading, under God's guidance, there's no shame. But when the devil comes in, he wants you to live in a life of shame. My Bible tells me that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. None. Isn't that a beautiful way to live? Adam and Eve, they were in the garden. They were naked and had no shame. They had intimacy. Can I tell you, beloved, when Jesus comes into your life, he takes this shame that the devil has brought into into all of us. Before, Outside of Christ, all of us live a life of shame. Our minds are going crazy because we're being fed by the world, the flesh, and the devil, bombarded, bombarded by all kinds of stuff. And you do things, you make choices, and you say, oh, I I know I shouldn't have done that, but it, it actually felt good. The things I don't want to do, those things I do. And the things I want to do, those things I don't do. Who will deliver me from this? Paul said, Christ Jesus, our Lord. So that you can walk in him and that there will be no more condemnation. Can I tell you something, beloved, that the devil, he wants to keep you in a life of shame. Let me tell you what the the Lord showed me. This Satan came, this devil came into the perfect, the perfect garden, the perfect creation. He came in to try to destroy. And I started thinking about that. You know, God could have said, don't. But God gave us free will. He gave us free choice. And I started thinking about how how in our lives I've known some great people of God and how the devil has come into even the church and portrayed himself as this church attender or this church person, even a church leader, and molested so that people will doubt. Or maybe a father, maybe you've had a dad and he sexually violated you. And you're thinking, how could this happen It happens because there's a real devil, and just like that devil went into the perfect creation, he will come in to the church and try to destroy people's lives. That's why we have to be so much discerning. I was so naive at times, and now believe me, because of situations that have happened, that have t- taken me to a place where I had where people that I love, the devil has come, not God. But the devil, because God doesn't molest, God doesn't rape, God doesn't hurt, Satan does. Jesus restores, Jesus brings justice. We prayed with someone uh, recently and and they they were violated and, and they're going through a major ordeal right now because of that violation. That's not God. You don't have to live in shame. And can I tell you what the devil will do? The devil, what he'll do is he will have you doubt God and then you'll, he will, the devil will take you for you begin to do things because you're trying to work all this out. And sometimes we make wrong choices trying to work all this out because instead of running to God, we run away from God because you say, if this is God, I don't want no part of it. And I understand that. I understand someone saying, if this is God, I don't want no part of it because the devil comes in as an angel of light or as a, as a what, whatever you want to call him in some kind of a way, a, a clergy or whatever, and he'll earn your trust and then boom! And so he'll make you doubt the existence of God, and then you'll start making choices, trying to prove Something that you don't have to prove, and then you begin to live a life of shame, and then you question whether you're a man or a woman, and then you go into this, let's say it, homosexual lifestyle. That's not God. That's not God. God created us male and female. And not, not in a way, oh, believe me, I'm not, oh, oh how about, you know what? Lord Jesus, let us be restoration for those that have a distorted uh, uh, identity in who they are. We are not a part of the problem. We're a part of the solution. And if we don't wake up we're going to have a lot of people falling through those cracks. You see, God gives us wake-up calls, and sometimes those wake-up calls, because the devil's coming, those wake-up calls sometimes hurt people that we love. Hurts us. Satan hates us. The sixth word, after you have shame, he'll lead you to hide. Go hide. Put a mask on. The word for mask, the original word is hypocritos. Where we get the word hypocrite. Hypocrite is just someone that puts a mask. It's not really who you are. The story goes on to explain, Then the man and the wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden, but the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? And he answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid. Now, he never had fear before. Adam never had fear. Now he's afraid of God. Are you with me? I I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid. The devil will use his craftiness and distort God's words and try to get you to doubt and tempt you to sin, which will make you feel ashamed and it will make you run and hide. And somebody in here, somebody in here is hiding. But we're in church, pastor. No, no. God's calling you. Where are you? He wants to have a personal relationship with you. Not a church re- not a church on Sunday relationship, a personal everyday relationship with us. He sees behind the mask. See, we put on a mask. We put and that mask comes in a lot of forms. Some people it's a mask like this because you you try to drown this, or some people it's a mask like, and some people it's a mask like, and some people it's a mask like shopping. It's It's a mask comes in a lot of ways because you're hiding what's really going on. But there's good news. God never stops calling. Where are you, Adam? Adam, where are you? God is omniscient. He knows everything. He knows where every star is, beloved. He's named them. Did he not know where Adam was? Adam, where are you? And it's like a, I, I picture it like like me when I used to play hide and seek with my kids. If you know a child and a, and a and a dad, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, and the kids they go and they run in they hide. Where are you? And you see, you know where they're at. You know, kids when they're children, they don't they don't know how to hide. They don't want to get in the closet because they're afraid. So they'll hide next to the closet, right? The dad knows exactly, where are you, where are you? The dad knows where they're at. And he calls to them because he loves them. God calls to us. And he knows right where we're at. He knows the pain we're going through. He knows the shame we're going through. He knows that the devil has tried to destroy. Lord, well, why didn't you just let the? Why did the devil have to tempt me? Because we have choice. Without choice, you'd be a robot. Why did this? Why is this situation happening? Why am I going through this? Because if you didn't have choice, you would be a robot, and life would be horrible. So Jesus told a story about a dad and this dad, he, he, his, he had two sons and one son came to him and he said, I want all my inheritance right now. I want my inheritance. He gave him everything. And that son went out and he spent that money on prostitutes, on wild living, wild parties. Hey, man. And it's always good for a season. Anyone been? Hey. Partying's good for a season, but it's those choices that we make while we're there. So, this guy, this son, he he was in that junk and he said, Man, I lost all my money. Anyone got a lot of money, uh, ever, ever got a lot of money, and you just start spending it, and before you know it, you're like, Where did that go? It's exactly what happened to this dude. Spent everything, didn't have anything left, and he comes back. And he comes back. And what is the dad doing? He's outside. looking for that son. And when that son is is in a view where he can see him, the dead.